Glory to God. Amen. Praise his holy name. Let's please be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, it's indeed a, always a delight just for us to feed on the word of God together. Don't you think so? And um, the subject of divine healing is such a crucial one that um, it's important we get a hold of it. We get a hold of it. And um, it's a class, so we'll be teaching. But let me also tell you ahead of time, we'll be ministering to the sick at the end of the last session. We'll be ministering to the sick. And um, it'll do you good just to listen as much as possible to God's word. Amen. Just get the word of God into your system. You know, the Bible says they came to hear him and to be healed. Those who heard were those who got healed. Those who wouldn't hear was difficult to get them healed. Amen. Except there's a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. And um, it's not just in case you're sick. You also need God's word about healing to stay well, isn't it? And then we all need to know what the word of God has to say about healing so we can help other people who are sick. Because God doesn't just want us healed. He wants us uh, also to be able to help others get healed. Praise the Lord. Let's start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your holy word. Thank you because you sent your word and it healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The word you sent under the old covenant was spoken by the prophets. The word you sent in the new covenant is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We magnify him here this morning. Thank you, Father, because as your word is taught, revelation comes to our spirits. You open it up to our hearts. And we're not just hearers of that word alone, but we're doers of the same. Thank you because your power is present to heal the sick and to do the impossible. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. praise the Lord. Now please turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. And we'll read two verses there. Take them kind of like our golden text. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. It says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Now, um, the word born there, the Greek word, uh, actually Hebrew, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. word for born there is the word nasa. Nasa actually means to lift. Amen. To uh, bear as a burden, to cast away, to contain. Praise God. He hath borne our griefs. The Hebrew word griefs is the word koli. And koli means malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, sickness. So we could read that like this, that surely he has taken away our diseases. Amen. And sicknesses. And the word carried is the Hebrew word kabal, which means to carry. Amen. 
to bear as a burden our sorrows. The word sorrows is the Hebrew word makob. And makob actually means pain or sorrow. So you see, this is Isaiah hundreds of years before the Messiah ever showed up. Talking about the one that was to come and what he was going to do. Well, today... I'll be talking about seven important things we need to know about divine healing. Seven important things we need to know about divine healing. And number one is this, that healing is God's will for you because it is in his redemptive plan. Healing is God's will for you because it is in his redemptive plan. Now, the greatest problem people have when it comes to healing is that they are not sure that their healing is God's will. That's where the problem is. Now, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. And what's the will of God? The Word of God. God's Word is His will. You know, sometimes people have heard all kinds of things. You know, maybe God put that on you to teach you a lesson. Maybe God is trying to work something out in your life. Well, we don't know what God used it to do. You know, maybe your own is just cancer. After all, there are some people that God killed, you know, that he's only cancer he gave you. You better be grateful. We've heard those kind of things, sometimes even from the pulpit. And then it locks at the backs of people's minds that, well, I'm not really sure. You know, maybe I have to be sick. You know, after all, I lived a bad life, some have said, as sinners. So maybe they're just reaping the harvest of the kind of life they lived you know, they're so fortunate that uh, they don't have to go to hell when they die, but they have to be sick while they're here on earth. You know, there are those thoughts that linger in people's minds. But what's the answer, really? The answer is to go into the Bible. What does the Word of God say? And God's Word lets us know, in no uncertain terms, that healing is His will. Healing is His will. Always His will. Always His will. For us to be healed. Every single time. 100 times out of 100 times. God wants you well. How do I know that? Because the same redemptive work. That dealt with the sin problem. Also dealt with the sickness problem. Same work of redemption. He laid our sins on Jesus. Why? So we won't have to bear them. In the same way. He laid our diseases on Jesus. So we won't have to bear them. Now, I've heard people say, well, if healing is always God's will, how come there are some ministers, servants of God, they serve God with all their hearts, but yet they die sick. Some of them die young. How come if healing is always God's will? You know, why isn't everybody healed in the meeting? Well, I want to ask you a question. Is salvation always God's will? How come there are still some sinners on the earth? How come not every sinner got saved in that meeting? You see, healing is an individual proposition. Just like salvation is. It is to be received. Amen. Anytime something goes wrong and someone did not receive his healing, it was not God's fault. God never misses it. On God's own side, he always is faithful. He's always true to his word. Now, do you always know why somebody did not receive? You don't. Except God were to tell you. But this you know. That he wants you well. He wants you well. He wants you well. Let's say that together. God wants me well. Let's say it again. God wants me well. 
Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. The Bible says there that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself, took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He took them. He took them. He bore them. Why? So I don't have to bear them. So I don't have to carry them. Amen. And then we see again in 1 Peter 2.24. You know the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. We see in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Well, in Matthew 8:17, and in 1 Peter 2:24, that's three witnesses. But you could count it as two, because Matthew's account is actually quoting Isaiah. So you could say it's just um, Isaiah and what Peter said, because Matthew was quoting Isaiah. So you could say it's two witnesses. So that tells us that we have two or three witnesses on it. Amen. 1 Peter 2:24, it says, "Who his own self." See, when it was time for redemption, God didn't send an angel to do it. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ, who his own self, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. It says, by whose stripes ye were healed. By whose stripes ye were healed. Let me tell you something that might shock you. God is actually not going to heal you. He's not. You know why? He has already done everything he's ever going to do about your healing. He laid your sicknesses on Jesus. He laid your diseases on Jesus. Jesus took them. Jesus carried them. Jesus was our substitute. You see, he was not a matai. He was a substitute. And it wasn't what the Roman soldiers did. He wasn't what the angry mob did. It was what God himself did. He crushed him. He put him to grief. He dealt with him in awful justice. Amen. And the same work of redemption that provided salvation, provided healing. Let me tell you something. It's just as easy to get healed as it is to get saved. It's just as easy to get healed as it is to receive forgiveness of sins. Why do I say that? Because the same redemptive work that took care of the sin problem, took care of the sickness problem. And healing is always God's will. 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 Without exception for the sick. Reason number one, like I said, because it is in his redemptive plan. It is in his redemptive plan. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. It says, Christ hath redeemed us. Not going to, he has. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. Well, what's the curse of the law? Well, no other way to find out than to go to the law and see what its curse is. The term law, as used in the New Testament, oftentimes refers to one or more of three things. Most times, or many times, talking about the Ten Commandments. Some other times, it's talking about the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And a few times also, it refers to the entire Old Testament. For instance, Paul was talking in 1 Corinthians 14, and he said, Is it not written in the law that with men of stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to these people? And he was quoting Isaiah. So the entire Old Testament is also called the law. 
While going through the entire Old Testament, particularly the first five books of the Bible, we discover that the consequence for breaking God's law was threefold. The first part of it was spiritual death. The second part of it was sickness and disease. And the third part of it was poverty. Now, I've heard people say that when Adam sinned, God uh, cursed man. God really did not curse man in that sense. All that God did was to tell man the consequence of his action. It's like there's a fan. The fan is rolling. I tell you, don't put your finger in that fan. You know, if you put your finger there, it's going to cut you. And then you put your finger there and it cuts you. And I come and I say, wow, look, your finger is cut. Your finger is bleeding. Is it my saying your finger is bleeding that's making your finger bleed? No, you made your finger bleed. Amen. By going against something that was put in place to protect you. Amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, if you read from verses 1 to 14, we see blessings that God pronounced you know, on the nation of Israel for keeping his law. Then from verse 15 to verse 68, we see the consequences that God said will come upon them if they got away from the protective umbrella of his word. Now in that list, you find 11 disease conditions were mentioned. Consumption, that's tuberculosis, blindness, madness, you know, uh, skin disease, sore illnesses of long continuance and so on. 11 specific ones. But in verse 61, God now says, and every sickness and every disease which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord permit to be brought upon you. Amen. That's how it is in the Hebrew actually. So every sickness and every disease is a part of that curse. It's just like I say, uh, the people on the first rows and everybody else that's in this room. That's everybody in the room. So God mentioned 11 diseases and he now said, and every other one. Well, that's every disease that exists. It's a part of the consequence of breaking God's law. But Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us. He's not going to redeem us. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? He became a curse for us. He took the curse on himself. And included in that curse is sickness and disease. So you see, healing is always God's will because it is in his redemptive plan. 1 Corinthians 6.19 and 20. It says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, the same price that bought our spirit bought our bodies. A body wasted away with sickness, a body wasted away with disease, does not bring God any glory. Amen. Doesn't bring God any glory. You see, you see that fellow who walks on Allen, that stuff, you're correct, what you have in your mind, that's what I'm talking about, you know, and lives that kind of crazy lifestyle. And the other Christian who just is permissive about sickness and disease in their bodies, there isn't much difference between them. They're doing the same thing. They're dishonoring God in their bodies. See, when we see sickness the way we ought to see it, when we... Realize that it's a matter of glorifying God in our bodies. When we realize that it's a matter of doing the will of God, living in the will of God, enjoying what God has purchased for us, we won't be permissive about sickness. We won't put up with stuff that isn't from heaven. Amen. So, like I said, first reason why you can be absolutely certain that healing is God's will for you is because it is in his redemptive plan.
It is in his redemptive plan. The same plan of salvation, the same plan of redemption that took care of the sin problem, took care of the sickness problem. And it's just as easy to get healed as it is to get saved. It's just as easy to get healed as it is to receive forgiveness of sins. Now, we've taught the new birth so much. So we actually have an unconscious faith in it. If a sinner comes to you and says, look, I want to get saved. You don't even think about it. You know he will get saved. Because you know, we've heard that thought. The, the sinner doesn't have a doubt in his heart about it. But you see, if you will teach healing like we have preached about the new birth, it is just as easy to get people healed coming and going. It's in the same redemptive plan. Well, I could expound on that the whole day. But I want to make, like I said, I'll be telling us, sharing with us seven important things about divine healing. And I said, number one, healing is always God's will for the sick because it is in his redemptive plan. Now, number two thing I would like to say is this, that healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. Amen. Sickness and disease come from the devil. Well, I wouldn't make a statement like that if I couldn't prove it. If you read in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says there that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, the word oppressed there is a compound Greek word. It's katadunasteomenos. It actually means all who are being lorded over by the devil. See, sickness is the devil lording it over your body. Are you listening to me? That's what sickness is in your body. It's Satan lording it over you. Now, does it mean anybody who is sick is demon-possessed? Certainly not. In the first place, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Cannot. It's impossible. For you to be possessed by a devil, the devil will first have to dispossess you of the Holy Spirit. And there ain't enough devils in hell that can do that. Are you listening to me? Now, can a Christian be oppressed in his mind or in his, or in his body? Certainly. Can a Christian be obsessed with demonic influence? Certainly. Now, sometimes there's a literal presence of a demon spirit enforcing a condition in somebody's body. But many other times, there isn't. But you see, whether there's the literal presence of a demon or there isn't the literal presence of a demon, every sickness and every disease is from the devil. Something John Alexander Dowie said, and I like it so much. He said this, that sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother, sin. Now, not necessarily because you sinned, but because of Adam's sin. You see, when Adam committed high treason and sold out his dominion to the devil... Satan became the god of this world. He gave the devil a legal right to be here. And when the devil came, he came with his stuff, with his baggage. He came with his tyranny. And he began to oppress mankind. There wasn't any hint of anything evil, anything bad, any disease, until after the fall. So it all came as a consequence of the fall. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 Say so by one man sin came into the world and death, spiritual death by sin. And so death passed upon all men in that all have sinned. Sickness and disease is a manifestation of spiritual death in the human body. That's what it is. And it is from the devil. It is from the devil. 
Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. And what was the good? You know, many times people want to do good works. You know, benevolence. Well, one good work is to get the sick healed. Amen. Doing good and healing all. Healing all. Healing all. See, there wasn't ever any time somebody came to Jesus and Jesus said, well, you see, God put this on you to deepen your piety, to deepen your spirituality. Well, you know, God is trying to work something out in your life. Just let him finish working it out. Jesus never turned anybody back. Are you listening to me? Neither should any preacher do the same in his name. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Of the devil, for God was with him. You know, you listen to some folks and you want to think that God and the devil have swapped jobs in the last 2,000 years. That, you know, God is not the one putting sickness on people and the devil is the one healing them. Listen, that's hogwash. That's arrant nonsense. The devil is still the same devil he's always been. And God is still the same good God, loving Father that he has always been. Malachi 3.6, he said, I am the Lord, I change not. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Are you listening to me? So, Jesus is the healer. Satan is the oppressor. Jesus is the healer. Satan is the oppressor. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus said there, he said, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, there's no better definition of sickness and disease other than that. Steal, kill, and destroy. It will steal your health. It will steal the time you should spend on other things. It will steal your joy. It will steal uh, uh, the time of the family. It will steal everything it can steal from you. The money you should have spent eating good food. You have to buy drugs. It steals. It kills. And it destroys. That's what sickness is. But Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. That they might have life. And that's the word Z-O-E, Zoe. He came that we might have an abundance of another kind of life. At the new birth, the life of God comes into our spirits. But God does not only want us to have that life. He wants us to have it in abundance. Amen. It gets in abundance in your system when that life spills over into your body. Romans 8, 11 says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. The word quicken there is the Greek word zupoisei. It means to make zoe, zoe and poi, to make life. Part of the reason why the Holy Ghost is in you is to make the life of God manifested in your body. To quicken it, making it strong, making it healthy. Amen. So, it's the devil who's the thief. God is not the thief. Jesus is not the thief. Sickness is a thief. Sickness is from the devil. It's from the devil. It's from the devil. It's from the devil. Healing is from God. James 1.17 Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above. From the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness neither shadow of turning. There is not even a shadow of turning with him. He's a good God. 
He's a good God. He's a good God. Matthew 7.11 says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good things to them that ask him? I remember Acts 10, 38 says, Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. Amen. Healing is good. You know, in Acts chapter 3, there was a lame man by the gate beautiful. Peter and John going to temple our prayer. Said to the man, look on us. The Bible said he looked on them, expecting to receive something of them. You know, you know the rest of the story. Silver and gold have I none. Such as I have given I thee in the name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Leave that in up by the hands. Immediately sweet and ankle bones receive strength. He walking and leaping, praising God, entered into the temple. And then later they were, you know, examined, scourged and all. Not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. Then Peter says something in Acts 1.9. said, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this man, by what means he is made whole. So Peter called that man's healing a good deed. Called it good. Called it good. And it says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. It says every good gift, good gift, good gift, good gift, coming down from above. Amen. It says, if ye then mean evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more shall your Father in heaven give good things? Healing is a good thing. Sickness is a bad thing. Sickness comes from the devil. Sickness comes from the devil. You don't want to mess with the devil's stuff, do you? You don't want to mess with contraband items. You know? If you were to see your friend with Tramador, you know, you know Tramador, that stuff that they said someone, a kidnapper, you know, was still sleeping after many days. You don't want to mess with that kind of stuff. It's the wrong stuff. Listen, having sickness in your body and petting it is like carrying dope and dealing in narcotics, dealing in cocaine, dealing in contraband items. That stuff is evil. You don't want to put up with it. You don't want to mess with it. First John 3, 8. The Bible says, For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Who so committed sins of the devil? The devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy, 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 destroy the works of the devil. The word destroy there is the Greek word luo. It means to loosen, to neutralize, to liquidate. Amen. To set free from the works of the devil. Now religious folks always get mad. You know that. There's a story in Luke chapter 13. If you read from verse 11 through to verse 18. You know, there was this woman who was bowed over with the spirit of infirmity. And um, Jesus saw the woman, and the first thing Jesus said, you know, Jesus calls the things that be not as though they were. Here was a woman who was bound. Jesus spoke to her and said, you are loosed. Said, woman, thou art loosed. But she was bound. Well, Jesus calls the things that be not as though they were. So he called her loosed because he wanted her loosed. And then after saying that, he touched her. And immediately she was loosed. You know? And then he now said something in verse 16. He said, ought not this woman... Being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years, 
be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. Amen. See, they had more respect for a day than they did the Lord. They had more respect for a day than they did people. Now, man wasn't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. And why did Jesus heal on the Sabbath? Remember in the Old Testament, there was a man who was gathering sticks on Sabbath. And God had that man stoned to death. But, and they, they weren't made to do any kind of work in the Sabbath. While Jesus was on earth, you know, Jesus ministered as a prophet under the Old Covenant. The New Testament wasn't in effect during Jesus' earth walk. The New Covenant didn't come into effect until his death, burial, and resurrection. You know that. Amen. So really, the Sabbath was sacred. But Jesus healed on the Sabbath to let people see how God considers healing. That the body was sacred. The human body was sacred. It was special to God. So, notice three things Jesus said there. He said she ought to be loosed. Amen. Ought not this woman whom Satan had bound low these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham? So he said she ought to be loosed. Number two, he said the reason she ought to be loosed is because she's a daughter of Abraham. And some folks who hear that and say, oh, those Jews, they are special people. If only I were a Jew. Listen, Romans 2, 28 and 29. For it's not a Jew which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he's a Jew which is one inwardly. Whose circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, not of the letter. Whose praise is not of men but of God. Amen. Galatians 3.14 says uh, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. Galatians 3.29, if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. She's not any more a daughter of Abraham than you are a daughter of Abraham if you've been born again. She's not any more a daughter of Abraham than you are a, a, a daughter of Abraham or a son of Abraham. Amen. If you're saved. Amen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So she ought to be loosed because she's a daughter of Abraham. You're a son of Abraham too. You ought to be loosed. And notice he said, whom Satan has bound. Whom Satan has bound. So it was Satan that had her bound. It wasn't God. He listened to me. So Satan is the oppressor. Sickness and disease come from the devil. So what do we do with the devil? Do we body up with him? I beg, come in, come in, come in, devil. Let's hang out together. Oh, devil, you know, I got a body. Who's the body? The devil. No, devil ain't your body. He's your enemy. He hates your guts. And what does the Bible tell us to do about the devil? 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Yeah, he'll devour you if you let him. Verse 9 says, Whom resists, resist, resist, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The American Standard Version says, Whom resists steadfast in your faith. So faith has something to do with it. That's why we're putting out the word. So what we're to do with the devil is to resist him. What we're to do with sickness is to resist it, to stand against it, to reject it, to tell the devil no. Are you listening to me? Acts 10.38, like I pointed out, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Remember I said that word, oppressed is katadunas menos. 
and it means to be lorded over by. Amen. All who are being lorded over by the devil. Sickness is Satan lording it over you. And remember, Colossians 1.13, at the new birth, God the Father delivered you from the authority of darkness and he translated you into the kingdom of the son of his love, kingdom of his dear son. So when the devil tries to put sickness on you, you tell him, devil, if it's a joke, stop it. You are not my Lord anymore. The day I took Jesus as my Savior, confessed him as my Lord, your lordship over my life ended. I'm in another kingdom now. You don't have any dominion over me. You don't have any control over me. You can't lord it over me with your baggage. I don't take stuff other than stuff that comes from heaven. David Ingalls sang a song. I've never heard of the heavenly flu, have you? Have you? I've never heard of the heavenly flu, have you? Have you? I've heard about Asian. I've heard about swine. I've heard about Hong Kong, but they're not mine. Look, you've never heard of the heavenly flu. You know, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught them, you know, really it's not New Testament prayer, taught them to pray that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. You know, did you ever read in your Bible that as Gabriel was going, Gabriel stopped because he was having a, a, a headache and then he went to ask for some aspirin. Did you read that in the Bible? Or as Michael wanted to go, you know, when the prince of Persia was concerned, Michael was just recovering from some cancer. So Michael was looking for what to do to get healed of the... Did you ever read that? Amen. There's no sickness in heaven. God doesn't want any here on earth. Let me tell you something. God is a good God. He will even heal the sinner. Yeah. If you're here and you're not saved, you know you can receive your healing all the same. Yeah. How much more if you're his son? You know, God told us to do good to all men. All men. All men especially those of the household of faith. He won't tell us to do what he won't do. The Bible says his tender mercies are over all of his works. Are you listening to me? Amen. So, number one thing we said today is that healing is always God's will for the sick because it's in his redemptive plan. Number two, we said healing is always God's will for the sick because sickness and disease come from the devil. God doesn't want us uh, parling with the devil or holding the devil's things. You know, Matthew 8, 17 says himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. I want to ask you a question. What do we call people who have things that are not their own? Thieves. Now, if Jesus took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses, so he's taking yours, right? Now, if you have some infirmities and some diseases in your body, are they your own? So what are you being? Remember, the Bible says, let him that stole steal no more. Stop stealing. Stop taking stuff that is in yours. That stuff ain't yours. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Stand against it. You say, why are you talking as if it's my responsibility? Ah, ah, yes, it's your responsibility. Amen. It's your responsibility. But I thought it was God. Listen, God has made his move. It's now your move. It's now your move. Well, I'm waiting for God to heal me. God has been waiting for you to take your healing. He healed you 2,000 years ago. Amen. Well, third point I want to make before we have a break is that God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. Like I said, at the end of the last session today, 
We're going to lay hands on the sick. If you will hear and listen and attend to God's word, I can guarantee you, you will be healed. I was preaching in Okene one time. It was a church program. I was teaching. In fact, I was teaching this same subject. I was teaching this same message was what I taught. Seven important things about divine healing. There was this lady. She was paralyzed. They carried her into the meeting. She wanted me to pray for her. I said, listen, I can pray for you now. But look, just hear God's word some more. I talked about how Jesus anoint, uh, appeared to me, caught me up to heaven, and the special anointing in my hands and all that. So I was going to minister with that, which I will today. But I said, but you know what? Don't let's rush for me to pray for you. Hear the word of God some more. So she sat in. They carried her each session, carried her in, carried her out. She just heard God's word. Well, the last session, which was Sunday morning, I finished my teaching. Then I was ministering to the sick. They carried this lady, carried her up front. I laid hands on her with that power. In five minutes, she was running up and down the whole place. Running, running. She was running. Instantly healed. Amen. Praise God. Just get the word of God inside you. Amen. Get the word of God inside you. He sent his word and healed them. The thing is this. We'll get more manifestations of the Holy Ghost. We'll flow deeper in the things of the Spirit when we put the word first. And also because there will be people who are just believing on their own. Their faith taking a hold of their healing. And then also there will be the corporate faith. Remember the uh, man, paralyzed man? The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith. So there's also the mass faith, the corporate faith. Amen. So hear the word some more. Many times people are not in position yet to receive. Because there's an unanswered question at the back of their mind that is hindering them from taking a hold of their healing. So that's why let's go into the word of God. Let's settle those things. So that you know for a fact that God wants you well. Well, third point I said is that God not only provided healing under the old covenant, he has also provided healing under the new covenant. Why do I say so? Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. See, God told them there in the old covenant, he said, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his status. It says, I will put, but the actual Hebrew word is, I will permit none of these diseases upon thee that I have permitted upon the Egyptians. You know, it says brought upon. He didn't bring it upon the Egyptians. He only permitted it. That I permitted upon the Egyptians. Why? For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Notice he didn't say, I am the Lord that makes thee sick. He said, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Smith, good speech translation actually says, For I, the Lord, am thy physician. Amen. I'm the Lord that he led thee. Jehovah Rapha. Amen. I am. I remember he is the great God I am, the Lord God of Abraham, and he hasn't changed. If he is, if yesterday he said, I am the Lord that he led thee, today he's still, I am the Lord that he led thee. He hasn't changed. Yes, covenants might have changed. The terms by which God related with mankind might have changed, but God didn't change. He hated sin in the old covenant. He still hates sin in the new covenant. He hated sickness in the old covenant. He still hates sickness in the new covenant. He wanted his people well in the old covenant. He still wants his people well in the new covenant. Now, Israel, they were his servants. They didn't have the life of God in their spirits. They weren't recreated. That's why Old Testament saints couldn't go to heaven when they died. They had to stay in Abraham's bosom because they had a promissory note on eternal life. The money wasn't yet in the bank. They had to wait until Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. 
And then Jesus now went and preached to the souls in prison and led captivity captive. You know that. So until that happened, they couldn't cash in on eternal life. That's why, you know, I heard someone tell me, you know, in Hebrews 11, where the Bible says, these all, you know, they believe, but they did not receive the promise. And the person was trying to tell me, you can believe God without receiving the promise. I said, that's a blatant lie. God never told them that the promise of Jesus' coming was for their day. And that was the promise being referred to, you know. It wasn't for their day, it was for our day. But you see, did they end up receiving that promise? Certainly. God always keeps his word. There's no such thing as I acted on the word of God and it didn't work. Let me tell you something. I would rather die and go to hell than say I acted on the word of God and it didn't work. If you act on God's word and it did not work, then somebody is a liar. Then God will actually have to vacate his throne. People don't know the meaning of what they say. Because God said to Abraham, seeing there was none greater to swear by, he swore by himself. What was the meaning of that? He was telling the dude, if I don't keep this, I will self-destruct. You see, his very throne is back of his word. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. As he said it, and shall he not do it? As he spoken it, and shall he not make it good? He said in Isaiah 55, 11, said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. See, he doesn't joke with his word. Let's stop that mess. Let's stop that lie we tell. You see, we are so used to shifting blames. We don't want to take responsibility that it's possible that we did not make our connection. Then we say, well, God walks in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Shut up! Shut up! Not with sickness, not with disease. He doesn't have it. And he doesn't give it. He doesn't have sickness, he doesn't give sickness. Amen. Exodus 23, 25 and 26. says, and ye shall serve the Lord thy God, and he will bless thy bread and thy water. Said, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. He said, There shall none cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. He said, The number of thy days I will fulfill. Amen. When David and his mighty men were going to war, there was no use counting themselves because they couldn't be killed, provided they walked in the covenant. They were invincible. How does one man kill 800 people when it's not a Chinese film? Film trick. <laughs> I mean, this is real. A man fought until his hand cleaved to the sword. These guys were invincible, invincible, invincible. And they were under a covenant based on the blood of animals. Based on the blood of bulls. Based on the blood of goats. God told them, he said, the number of thy days I will fulfill. What was the number of their days? In Psalm 90 verse 10. Moses, who wrote that psalm, was lamenting. He said, the number of our days are three score years and ten. And if by reason of strength, they be four score years, they are soon cut off. I tell people all the time, God promised us at least 70 or 80 years. If you get to be 70 and you're satisfied, well, you can go to heaven. If you are not satisfied, keep living. Get to be 80 and you're satisfied, well, you can go home. If you are not satisfied, keep living. Keep living until you're satisfied. In Psalm 91 verse 16, he said, with long life, Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? If I were to call you to my house and set food in front of you and tell you to eat till you're satisfied, who determines how much you eat? It's not my tummy, it's yours. It's you. 
Paul said, I'm in a strait betwixt two. Having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. He said, that which I will choose, I will choose. It's your choice. Sometimes he says, so and so answered his home call. Every time I hear that, something just cringes on the inside of me. It's never a home calling, except it was an act of divine judgment. Like Ananias and Sapphira that went to heaven. You know? It was, it's never a home calling, it's a home going. If God called you home, well, maybe you'll go like Enoch and not die. Or maybe you'll go through the rapture. It's not a home calling, it's a home going. You say, well, that's just semantics. It's not semantics. Amen. You see, we've thought some of these things so long until we believe them. Number of thy days I will fulfill. God said, barrenness is not permitted among you. If you read in Deuteronomy 7, 13 to 15, you saw that it wasn't even permitted among their animals. Even your dog is not allowed to be barren. Your cow is not allowed to be barren. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. I was with them. Um, I was in Brazil not too long ago. Mama Jan, you know, was talking about how they had this dog that died. And then her husband laid hands on the dog. The dog came back to life. Yeah. God is concerned about our animals. Wants our animals to live long. Wants our animals to be fruitful. How much more us? He said, I will love thee. I will bless thee. Amen. I will bless the fruit of thy body, the fruit of the, the, thy corn, thy wine. Amen. He said, I will not permit any of these diseases upon you that are permitted on the Egyptians. He said, I, I will permit them on those who hate you, though. Well, they are the ones choosing to walk outside of the covenant. They can get in the covenant. God loves them. Amen. So God wants us well. God wants us well. Psalm 103, from verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with uh, loving kindness, tender mercies and loving kindness? Who satisfies thy mouth with good things? So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He says, forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. The benefit you forget is the one you, 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 you keep yourself from enjoying. Psalm 105 verse 37 says, He brought them forth with silver and with gold. And there was not one, not one, not one, not one feeble person among their tribes. I go to churches today and I make calls for healing and I'm appalled. 70% of the crowd comes out. It's not meant to be that way. James wrote a letter to the church. He said, is any sick among you? You don't want to ask a church today, is any sick among you? feel like asking, is any well among you? Because it looks like sick is the default mode. shouldn't be that way. It's an aberration. In the old covenant, when God brought them out, and that was 600,000 footmen. That meant there might have been as many as 2 million people. A whole nation. There was not one, not one feeble person among their tribes. That's how it ought to be today. E.W. Kenyon, pastor of the church, 20-somewhat years. Nobody died young. Nobody. No sickness in that church. If any of them got challenged, they acted on the word of God themselves, or they laid hands on each other, they stayed healed. They took turns to die. Are you listening to me? Kenneth E. Hagin, pastor for 12 years, 12 years, 11 years and 9 months of pastoral work, he never buried one church member. 
He always got them healed with the exception of two people who refused to cooperate. Amen. That's the norm. God wants us well. God wants us well. God wants us well. See, this healing deal, we've got to get serious about it. Yes, thank God for the new birth. But listen, even though you're saved, if the devil can keep you sick, he can keep you from doing what God called you to do. You need health to do his will. And he wants you well. He wants you well. He wants you well. He wants you well. He wants us well. He provided healing not only under the old covenant, but also under the new covenant. Psalm 107, from verse 17 to 20. It says, fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of meats. They draw near to the gates of death. They crowned the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word, verse 20, and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Now, they violated the covenant. You know, and because they did, they kept themselves away from the protective umbrella of God's word. They were over on the devil's territory. But you know what? Even in that state, they cried to him. And guess what? He showed up. And he healed them. Amen. He's a good God. He's a healing God. Brother Hagin talked about one time. He was in the healing line. Now, he didn't know these details. But there was a 16-year-old girl on that line. She had been involved in immorality. She had contacted the venerable disease, bad case of immorality, lived horrible. They were going to remove her ovaries, remove her uterus, remove everything that made her a woman. Remove it all. Of course, if they did, she wouldn't be able to have children all her life. And they needed to do that to save her life, to keep her from dying. Otherwise, she was going to die. Now, if they did that, she would become sterile, incapable of having children. Well, he didn't know all that detail. He got to her on the healing line, and then he heard these words on the inside of him. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Tell that lady to confess she's been that fool and I'll heal her. <laughs> Instantly, she just threw up her hand and said, Yes, I've been a fool. I've been a fool. I've been a fool. Instantly, the power of God hit her. She was healed. Glory to God. That's your father I'm talking about. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's the healer. A merciful father. A merciful father. He's abundant in goodness. He's slow to wrath. He's of great mercy. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. You know, sometimes Christians think, oh, I've messed up so badly. That's why I'm sick. Yeah, even if it is. And sometimes it's the case. Amen. But even if it is, James 5, 14 and 15 says, Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with all the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Your father is a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. So he provided healing, yes, under the old covenant. But he has also provided it under the new. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, All the promises of God... In him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God by us. Any promise God ever made under any covenant finds its fulfillment and its expression in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, any blessing they had in the Old Covenant, it was because of their father Israel, Jacob. Any blessing Jacob had was because of his father Isaac. Any blessing Isaac had was because of his father Abraham. So any promise you see in the Old Testament is a part of the blessing of Abraham. And if we are in Christ, then all the blessings are ours. Hebrews 8, 6. It says, but how much more was he made the mediator of a better covenant, established upon better promises? What makes a thousand naira note better than a 50 naira note? The thousand naira note contains all that the 50 naira note is and a whole lot more. Why is our covenant better? Because we have everything they had and we have a whole lot more. If God wanted his servants to live healthy and live long, amen, and just die well. You know, you read about those patriarchs. The Bible says he just got up with his feet in bed and gave up the ghost. See, that's how to die. You know, that fellow said, let my death be like that of the righteous. Let my latter end be like his. Paul said, whether by life or by death, that Christ may be magnified in my body. Listen, there's a way to die. There's a Bible way to die. And it's not dying young. It's not dying of sickness. It's not dying of disease. God doesn't have any of that stuff. God wants you well. If you're here today with any sickness in your body, with any disease in your body, I want you to know something. You're in the right place. You're not going to leave here the way you came. Why? Because Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Today is your day. Today is your day. You are not going to live the way you came. We are getting rid of that stuff. Are you listening to me? So just sit tight. Listen up. And you'll be blessed. Praise the Lord.